Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature audio from Brothers of the Brush with Chris Kerfoot. In this episode, Chris talks with Tony Pearson, a Deluxe Academy instructor, about teaching business practice and selling yourself. This episode is sponsored by 3M, Conquer, and PPG. Now then, welcome back to another Bobcast. We have a bit of a treat for you this week, and it's a bit of a long one, so I'm just going to jump straight in. We have all-round legend, nice guy, and Dulux Academy instructor, Tony Pearson-Young, also known as TPY. If you guys aren't up to speed yet, Dulux have their own podcast out. I'll stick some links in the show notes. Go and give it a listen, because it is a quality podcast. But for now, pin back your lugs, get a brew, and dive in. Welcome to this episode of the Brothers of the Brush podcast, a podcast by decorators for decorators with me, your host, Chris Kerfoot. So, on this week's episode, we have the Godfather himself praying. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it I called you that time? The milkman, because you always deliver. Oh. Tony Pearson Young. Or as you called me the other day on my invite to this meeting was Mr. Dulux. <laughs> well, I thought I'd have to, uh, you, you might turn up at jobs and we have to call you that, like that pretentious other little bloke that does other one. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Insists everybody calls him Mr. Whatever. Uh, yeah. But no, you, you, I mean, let's let, we'll not beat about Bosch. You are at the Dulux Academy teaching. And I always joke to you, say if you cut you in half, you would be Dulux, so like a stick of rock. I think, I think that'd be a fair assumption to make, to be honest. Yeah, I've um, no all the way that. through. We, we know each other from years gone by of um, being in select. Um, I was very proud to be part of that, and yeah, I was select decorator for a long time, used a lot of Dulux paint, and yeah, ultimately, I've ended up working for them, so yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say now, I ain't, it's not that I ain't a big fan of Dulux, I just think there's some other good products on now that are giving it run for money, but select work for me. My personal opinion is I outgrew it, but for the first three or four years, it's definitely worth it, and even, I know you're going to laugh at this word, for your systems, for younger ones. It is worth a look. You know, if, I'm assuming they still do paperwork. That worked killer for me, paperwork. Yeah, I think... Um, That's when we, I got my head around it. Yeah, I think we, we were obviously, our little chat before you press record, I think Select is a fantastic tool to support you in the industry as yeah. a business person to help elevate yourself in that level because no one really teaches you about being business. Um we're all good at painting to some degree. We're all good at decorating. Some are taught, some are learn it, but ultimately who teaches you about business? Yeah. Um, 
and there's not a lot of support out there. And I think Select helped an awful lot of people with um, with that. And yeah, I think a few guys, and as you've mentioned, they kind of outgrow it to some yeah. degree. And you either you stay in because you're loyal to the brand or loyal to the scheme and your friendship group within that, or you decide this is no longer supporting me. It's time for me to move on. Yeah. It's, it's a shame it couldn't grow with you, but I don't know what else it could do. Is, is what can I, I mean, touching on that business, what is there any plans or would it, would it be worth them looking at, but how would they do it? What would it entail teaching decorators business? Um, we've, as I'm sure you're aware, we can't deliver our training courses at the moment at the Academy because of COVID. So we've branched out quite quickly doing webinars yeah. and we've done a building your brand one, which has taken off massively as they all have to be honest. But I think it's shown us that there is an appetite for delivering business training, not just hands-on training. Somebody so needs it, to, it needs, yeah, it needs think, doing. Yeah, I think there's definitely think something for us. We've we've seen this, and I think it's something that we'll be looking at in the future is to deliver and offer business training at all at different levels, not just about marketing, but even simplistic things about how to present your paperwork well. Yeah. So you touched on that with Select with the paperwork, but if you're not a member of Select, who who can you ask for for advice or who can show you how to do good paperwork because that can be the difference between I, making and breaking a job i took an example somewhere of somewhere i used to sit <laughs> and said that and one of the bigger companies at edit table says that's what we want that's what i'd love if i was younger doubt table because they was one at multinationals at top never got any further than that room wow yeah. that's what it needs yeah i think um yeah who you speak of they support the industry but there's there's many ways support the industry and i think it's not just about painting and decorating it is about being a business yeah and i think we should we should support each other most definitely i'll, I'll put you on the spot now do you think brothers at brush could fill a void that the other one and still looks like don't um go on <laughs> expand on that a little bit more for um you like a one-stop information spot I think there is an appetite for people to ask for advice on about how to do this. I think people are far too free and easy about asking questions. What's the best brush for this paint or what's the best paint for this? But generally I don't think people are open enough about asking for advice in a business sense. Yeah. But as we've seen it over the last year or so with mental health, I think people are starting to get a bit more open and talk about different things. And I think if, you were to open up and talk about business and offer it, there is support there. I think people would generally come to you. We're starting to see signs of it at the Academy. And I think if yourself would open up in that sense, I think people would ask more questions. Definitely. I'm I'm open to it. I just don't put myself out there because I don't think I'm out special. Uh, But but then how many years you've been decorating now, Chris, running your own business? 31. (laughs) <laughs> I think you're doing something all right there then, don't you? But I, th- I think on the other hand, there, there seems to be a big stigma with tradespeople, not just decorators, tradespeople talking money with their customers. I think that's a big old back as well. They don't like, you know, if customer asks you a price or ask your opinion, some people avoid it. You know, they yeah. don't like it. It's, it's like Plattis way of saying, I finished job, where's my money? 
Yeah, he, that, that's uh, another one. It, 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 there needs it, to be a, a teaching of a polite way of saying, I've done job, I want my money, pay me. Yeah. It's, you know, because you always, feel like you're dogging them and out of order asking them. Yeah, it, it does. I think some people do feel uncomfortable talking about money, but do you feel uncomfortable in a restaurant when they wait to give you the bill and you pay for it? You don't go, oh, or maybe I'll come back in half an hour and pay this or something like that. Do you? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, give it's, me an invoice, I'll send you a check. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's an it's, I think it's a learning curve as well. I think it's something yeah. you have to push yourself through. But what, again, once, it's once or twice going back to Julux paperwork. Uh, when I did that, I still do it in a form now, uh, in a, in a in a you know loose way. I, I take deposits, and that's what the Julux like pushed me to. Yeah, I, I totally first time agree. I did it and sent the paperwork. Oh my god. I, I was shitting my pants, clenching my teeth, thinking, oh, God. And after six years, I've had one person question it. And yeah. I knew every customer, not just new, every customer. And I've had one person question it, and I have didn't do the work for them because they weren't happy paying it. They had somebody else. And I've since found out, because I do a mum's work, that she weren't happy with the work. Exactly I feel the it's same. a bit of pride. They don't want to come and ask now. Yeah, I had exactly the same situation, Chris, when I was on the tools. So I got to a point where through Select, probably we probably started taking deposits at the same time, in, in fact, that every single new customer, I know you do it with every customer, but every single new customer for me was a deposit. And yeah. it was told it was a booking deposit. That was it. Yeah. If you don't pay a deposit, you don't get booked in, end of. And I was only ever got questioned once by it, and he refused to pay it, giving it the big oh, I've had all these tradesmen through my house. I've spent tens of thousands of pounds on tradesmen and no one's asked for a deposit. Only, well, except the carpet fitter. And said, well, okay, so what made the carpet fitter different from me then? Yeah. Um, 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 and said, well, I'm sorry, but if you're not prepared to pay, I think it was about 250 quid or 300 quid, something like that. It wasn't a huge amount of money. Yeah. If you're not prepared to pay that, that says more about you than it says about me. So I'm sorry, but if you're not going to pay that, I'm not going to work for you. My, mine's, I refuse to pay for it, so I refuse to work for him. My, mine's all customers, uh, because I've learned in my own way, as you've tripped up, you come yeah. home, change your paperwork, close the loophole. It was a customer I'd done work for for 17 years. Wow. Was, I'll never never forget. Uh, Good Friday. I'd back with four days off at week. I went back, 260-odd or 70-odd square metres of drywall gone up. He claimed the original price. Luckily... Our first on job every day, so I'd been taking pictures. Yeah, yeah. And I had to take him to court, and then I mentioned to to counter. It says take deposit. It says what off? No, he says no off. Everybody, it'll stop that. Yeah. And then it was just be chance. A couple of years later, I talked to a customer, a new one, and she says, "Oh, you know Gavin's wife, don't you?" I says, "Yeah." She says, "Oh, we we we." Uh, I've done work for him. She says, "Yeah, we know. Sons play football together. They lived about ten mile apart." Now oh. my logic then were. Well, if I'd have been charging one deposit and not other, they'd be thinking, well, does he not trust me? Yeah. So I just think best thing is just charge everyone. Yeah. You know, no, it's, I, they, they take you serious then. Yeah. I, I think there's a, a level of professionalism if you take a deposit, to be perfectly honest. And for me, it also, it pushed out the chances as well. The, the If they're prepared to pay a deposit, then they definitely want the work. They trust in yeah. you. They want so we from the chaff. Exactly. And yeah. I think it kind of, it ups the quality of your customers to some degree yeah. as well. And yeah. it gives you peace of mind. 
I'll admit, again, again, paperwork, and I'll go on about it. It's, I hate snobbery, but the paperwork took my customer base up from idiots to middle class that appreciate your value. Yeah. And and it took me up a whole level of customers. Yeah, it does. And it did exactly the same for me as well. And I think um, hopefully when you move up the quality of your clients, they become more profitable for you. Yeah. Because ultimately, you, you use the word there, the value. I think it's not the figure that's at the bottom of the quote. It's the content of the quote. Yeah, selling yourself. Exactly. They, yeah. they want you to provide a good service and do it in a particular way. Oh, by the way, it costs this much. Look look at his paperwork. If that's his paperwork, what's his work like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. But jump right in there. Let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the Pearson Young household? So the Pearson Young household, we have my lovely wife, Jenny. Um, uh, we celebrate our 10th wedding anniversary. Um, Only 10 years? Yeah, at the start of the year. How she's put up with me for that long, I do not know. It's not long though, um, is it? <laughs> I thought no. you know, I thought you'd be one of these that's been married. Oh, I've been married 30 years. That'd be one then. I, I wish I had been married to Jenny for 30 years, to be perfectly honest. But no, um, we came to each other later on in life. Um, so no, we've been married for 10 years. Um, we've got Emily, who's still at home. And Sophia is at uni- just finished university, actually. She's just put in her final dissertation. So she's just finished uni. Oh, nice one. I know you had kids, but I didn't know girls, boys, ages are out. Yeah, so yeah. You know, it's, you, you're pretty private to a degree, aren't you? Um, I think, yeah, I think social media to some degree, you, you put your heart out professionally, but there's some things that need to be private. I yeah. don't think the whole world needs to know absolutely everything about you. Those that I hold close to me know more, the whole world doesn't. It's, it's so, circles. I always say you have circles around you, like different yeah. size hula hoops, and you've got some that are in that closer circle than others. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all have uh, close friends, we have associates, and we have people we know. And, yeah, I don't think the whole world needs to know everything about everyone, contrary yeah. to what Facebook thinks. <laughs> so, going back to your marriage, did you take your wife's surname, They'd be double-barrelled? No, that actually <laughs> comes from... They are. It has been made up out of a marriage, to be honest, but yeah. um, they are both family names. So my paternal grandfather, his surname was Young. Yeah. His middle name was actually Pearson. Yeah. And Pearson was his mother's maiden name. So my great grandma's maiden name. So his name was James. Pearson was his middle name and his surname yeah. was Young. Yeah. Dad's name was Peter James Young. But just before he got married to my mum, he changed his name by deed poll to be Pearson Young. Yeah. So it is a family name. But um, yeah, it's of. Um, only a couple of generations because it won't be passed on anymore. <laughs> well, no. So everybody knows you as TPY, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I was yeah. always known as PY um, when I lived in Manchester at school and when I lived in Manchester. Is that, is that said, where you're from originally? Yeah, I used to live I in Oldfinger. Yeah, yeah, no, from Manchester originally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was only ever known as PY. And when someone called me Tony, people went, who's Tony? Who's that? Yeah. I always thought <laughs> you were a posh London boy. No, 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 no. I've, I came down into Surrey... When did I move down? 99, I moved down. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell, I didn't know that. No, I'm a, I'm a mank originally. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't say it too loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm from so, the right side of the Pennines, Chris. Yeah. Well, I'm wrong side. <laughs> the left-hand side. <laughs> I don't know. I've been on a few sides of them, haven't I? I've been on the south side, Derbyshire side, 
Now I'm on the east side. Yeah, the wrong side. Gangster, east side. <laughs> <laughs> so, going back to Manchester then, how did you start in decorating? Oh, I think mine's probably the, 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 the typical story. Um, not academic at all. Even though I went to a grammar school, I should have never have gone. Grammar. I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't have the attention span or the intelligence to be at a grammar school. Um, I think I failed school, but I think the school also failed me to some yeah. degree. Um, so didn't want to stay on for A-levels. As soon as I was 16, I wanted to get out of the place, but I actually didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I was interested in doing graphic design. So I got in at one college. I didn't get in at another, but one college I did get in. It was just the logistics of it was too far away. It was like 10 miles into Manchester and then 10 miles out of Manchester every day. Yeah. So that didn't quite work. And ended up on bloody YTS. £27.93 <laughs> <laughs> a week. Oh, it wasn't that much. It was £27.30, <laughs> my first yeah. wage. Yeah, it is about the same year as me then. <laughs> yeah, so that was back in 1986. Oh, yeah, so, mine was, was 89. Yeah, 1986, £27.30, and I think I probably had more cash in my hand then than I do now, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. <laughs> I used to moan about paying 20 quid a week board. I was glad to pay 100 <laughs> now and be a millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I kind of fell into painting and decorating, worked for a, com- uh, a pretty large commercial company in Manchester, but I found that I actually enjoyed it. And for the, probably for the first time, I actually applied myself to something because I certainly didn't apply myself to, at school. But is, I, that on your school, is that on your school report? Couldn't <laughs> could have better, tried harder. Distracted. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Um, but I, I found I actually enjoyed painting and decorating, um, albeit in a commercial sense. But then I probably didn't know the difference. It was just painting back then. Yeah. Um, and I did quite well. I managed to get myself an indentured apprenticeship. So back in the late 80s, that was what you aimed for. Yeah. Mid-late 80s, an indentured apprenticeship. So I managed to get that. It's like we've taken the same path because that's exactly what I did, four years. Yeah. So, yeah. I was, I was, so I did a year and a half YTS because it was the first year they brought in two-year YTS. Yep. And then um, my gaffer actually offered me the job I said, do you want an indentured apprenticeship? It's like, of course I do. So he said, okay, we'll speak to the colleges and the training boards to find out if you can go straight into your second year at college. And they said, no. So I had to go back to day one because they didn't actually recognise YTS as training. So I've I've been been there at all. Did one year at one college, then I had to start again at Chesterfield College. So (laughs) they brought out YTS as the youth training scheme, but then the colleges... Young, thick and stupid. (laughs) Yeah, fair play. Um, the colleges didn't actually recognise YTS as training. Yeah. So I had to start again. So ultimately, I did a four and a half year apprenticeship. Yeah. Because I did three years at college. So I got my advanced craft and then worked for the same company, worked my way through, became an improver. I don't think improvers even exist anymore. Um, so I was an improver, worked from my way through and then became foreman. I think they call it supervisor now, don't they? Um, I worked for that company for 10 years. <laughs> be a manager now everybody wants to be a manager yeah so yeah worked for 10 years for them um i had the the carrot dangle to me that i could have been a trainee contracts manager that was the scope because there was the, the contracts manager had a couple of years left before he retire but um i just got fed up with doing rubbish jobs it got to a point where 
not in an arrogant way, but I just didn't want to do commercial dirty jobs anymore. Yeah. We got a contract with Manchester University doing maintenance work and it was just horrendous. There was Looks no scuffed. passion in it. It was just, <laughs> there's a door frame, go and paint it. But you're not supposed to paint it all because they've only repaired half of it. So you only paint the repaired half. Yeah. There's a door over there that's had the bottom panel broke. So the panel's been broken. So paint the, the, the fixed panel. There's a damp patch on that ceiling, so just paint over the damp patch. Like, do, do you know, it's like we've both decorating. been on the same thing. I'd, I'd served my apprenticeship with council, and it, like we were saying pre-record, it was, there was no middle. It was either high-end, low-end. You was doing the high-end yeah. civic work, like the dance halls, Muraspec, uh, Portaflex, all that stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> or you'd be doing the low-end, which you was hanging wood chip horizontal the, show, the blokes show to do it horizontal so you could do it quicker because you, you're on pr- price work yeah um but yeah it seems like and but then you do the area maintenance where some thugs kick the front door in. you know you used to, we used to call them sg doors they were like glass at top and the ply panel at bottom yeah so they'd replace ply panel and you just go and paint the panel yeah exactly the same you know or they'd replace parts palings <laughs> on a gate and you'd yeah. go and paint the new bits of paling that's it yeah, you know, you went down to do it. It's demanded a cup of tea. You do a lot for them. Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, though, I did. I did enjoy working for the company, and I, in hindsight, I learned so much. I think I learned more. I would. I did. I probably learned more working for that type of company than I would have done for a small domestic decorator. Yeah, because you did such a wide variety of jobs. I've painted pylons, power stations, hospital laundries, police stations, prison cells. But at that end, but then you go to the other end and I've worked in like um, gentlemen's clubs, high end bars and restaurants yeah. and like large homes to like their company chairman and things like that. So I've done the full spectrum of really rough, horrible work up to high end quality work. Yeah. But I think when you work for a commercial company, what I also learned was project planning, speed yeah. and working to a quality to hit that speed. There's some jobs where they said, right, you can take your time on this one. So you knew that you had time to do a proper job. Yeah. Or there's other ones that said, right, this has got to be done next week. Okay, we're smashing this one out. I, so you, I, used, to, you, I used to work with a bloke like that. And that's where Brothers at Brush comes from. Okay. Nothing to do with gender, nothing at all. There was a bloke I used to work with. He'd been there. He was, he was at Stalwart Camp. Been there 30 odd years. Cole Charlesworth he was. Never wore jeans, always wore slacks. <laughs> open next year he reminds me of Gene Wilder you know like in his uh, Charlie Chocolate Factory days I watched yeah, yeah. Modern One the other day what a load of shite and he reminds me of that and he didn't drive been there 30 odd years and we had council vans with yellow and he used to flag them down like personal taxi because so I lived about a mile from depot and they'd give him a lift and he, he was never on price work okay and he'd always been doing the civic work and it's, it's, it's what do you, he used to have a name for me like youth or it, it says something like Cyril I'll show you it right way, because we've got all the time at well. And then when I've shown it right way and you've got it, I'll show you the way how to cut corners and make money. Yep. And he used to send me to uh, Bucky's for a 10p round robin. <laughs> you know, put me a 10p round robin. I'll go and draw me a 20 spot out of banks. You're one of them old generation, working man's right to go for a couple of pints after work. Yeah. While Mavis puts tea on. Bless him. Yep. And that's all the saying ever comes from. We'd pass somebody in streaks on a Friday. I remember doing railings round, if anybody knows, Queen's Park in Chesterfield. I don't do sport, but Raquel Welsh's daughter was marrying a famous cricket player or something, and she was turning up. 
and we were watching cricket painting these railings. We always used to go sun in in Chesterfield on a Friday, and they'd buy me a pint of mix. <laughs> Mansfield, bitter with two sweets, he'd have a pint of mix and he'd buy me at dinner in pub. And it, if you passed another one, or what, because some of council blokes used to meet Friday afternoon, you did bugger all. You'd, you'd get done, your money would be Thursday, Friday, it'd be a toss off, doing numbers on Gary's doors or easy stuff, cleaning out, cut pub, and it was school hours, you'd be finishing at two, three on a Friday, sneaking off. Yeah. And if, it, if another one come in with whites on, brother at Rush there, that's all it's mm-hmm. ever come from. <laughs> it's just just a note to him. Yeah. He, he told me about a lot of it weren't just work, it was about life stuff. I, I say it many times. I used to drop him at pub, went in once, and he weren't one of these that throws a pint back, but he just drunk at a rate, it was like four an hour. Bloody and hell. he used to say to me, Now then, kid, don't it always takes more of a bloke to walk past it just to walk in. Don't get in this habit. Yeah. And it's it's just stuff like that, and it just stuck in my head. And when I was coming up with name, I just thought, do you know what? It always stuck in my head what he used to say. So it was just a thing to him. It's never, people think, oh, it's because it's men. It's no, no to do with that. Yeah, it was predominantly men then. I think when I went council, we had a female plumber. Other yeah. than that, it were all men. Yeah, I think we had one apprentice that came in after me, but I think she was probably the first girl that worked for the business ever since the business has been up and running. Yeah. It was on the tools. So it's, yeah. it's stereotypical. The men did the organising, the managing and the work and the ladies were doing the admin. Yeah. That kind of scenario. I mean, thankfully, it's changed. We, we are modern. Yeah. It's just, just the name stuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, some are, some are. Some still yeah. don't like it. It's like my phone's going bloody mental now and all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, so, yeah, I worked for a commercial company for... T- 10 years and then got bored of them and then I took the plunge uh, probably the same as yourself that it takes you a good long time to find the the nerve I think and to actually go out on your own I probably did it two years too late in essence but for whatever reason the moons and the stars didn't align and then yeah in 96 I started my own business and I ran that for 20 years Sooner than me then, because, yeah, I've been doing it 31 years, but I, I left council, I subbed, did a lot in London. I call myself dog shit painter because I've been all over. <laughs> <laughs> like dog shit, I'm everywhere. Uh, but I went on my own, I think I was 27. It'd be about 20 years ago then. Yeah, I just got fed yeah. up aligning somebody else's pockets. I thought, Do you know what? Yeah. I want, even if I fail, I want to say I've had a go before I hit 30. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so much yeah. to them. I was 26 when I started my own business. Yeah. Went on my own. That's like what we're like. It's, uh, we are aligned in many like, ways. Like we've seen friends. Bracelet buddies. <laughs> 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 so would 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 you say that's your lowest point in business then? On when when you'd had enough there? I think it or probably it, was. It in, being being in all honesty, you yeah. just yeah, it becomes a groundhog day, and you're actually not enjoying it. And I think. Um, it just gets to a point where you think, what am I getting out of bed for? Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to work to earn money, but I'm thinking there's more to life than this. There really is. And you weren't getting the support at work or to say, if you just do this, then in a couple of weeks, we'll get you on a good job. It was just because I was cards in, so I was yeah. employed. The majority of the guys were all subbies. So yeah. there was a, I think there was three of us that were cards in. He wouldn't let me become a subby because... I think the ones that were cards in were like the kind of the ones that could 
turn out the good work. Yeah. So he wanted so, to keep us, come and go. Yeah. So he wanted to keep us for particular types of work. So, and you just think there's no, I'm not given the chance to earn good money. You're not putting me on, giving me the opportunity to do good jobs after the rubbish jobs. I'm like, why am I making you all this money when I yeah. should be doing it myself? So yeah, went out in the end. So yeah, that was probably the lowest point in essence, just being absolutely bored to death with painting. Yeah. Working for someone else. So what's, so what's been the highest point? You could have probably feel obliged to uh, start in that academy, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm sure Vicky would love me to say that in all essence. And to be honest with you, there, that is a that is a most definite high point for me. But I think um, looking back from when I was on the tools, I think it's that moment. There's a couple of points, really. I think the first one was when I learned to say no. Yeah, that's a biggie. Yeah, that is a biggie. And it, it, it kind of... It sounds so simple, but we all know that it is the hardest thing to say no to a customer, whether yeah. that's, no, I'm not doing this job for you, or no, I don't think this is the right way, and then learning to explain it. But I think when we're all in business, it's like, I need the work, I have to do the job, I need to earn money, I need to get the money, and I don't know when the next job is coming, it's all boom, 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 boom. Yeah. But I think you, you get to a point where you're thinking, I'm working manically here, I've not got a plan, um, I'm just work after work after work and you get into a point where you think you know what i've consistently got an amount of work i've never yeah. been short of work luckily touch wood i think that's been a success as well i've never been actually sat at home waiting for the phone to ring for work but you Customers just get to a... <laughs> <laughs> but i think you, you kind of wake up one day and you realize you think you know what i actually don't have to work for them it's my choice and I think that's a big turning point in anyone that's in business thinking you don't have to do every single job that comes your way. Yeah. You can pick and choose. Every pick, you know, stuff. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it, yeah, you get to a point where you think, you know what, I don't want to actually paint your fencing anymore. I don't know. I don't want to do that. I much go and prefer and work at that house. that's like a million pounds and where the client's prepared to pay a little bit extra because they're prepared. They want that extra bit of service. They want yeah. someone to take a bit of pride in their job. So, yeah, there's that, I think, just learning to say no. And another one was when a client, the first time a client said to me, it's all right, you don't need to give me a quote. I was like, yeah. what? It's like, no, yeah. you've worked you've for me a trust, few times now. Book me in your diary. I'm, I want my outside doing. When, you, when can you do it? Right, book me in. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Like, wow. Yeah. But, and you think, it's like, well, he probably knows how much it's going to cost about anyway. Yeah, they can work it out. They know your roughly hourly rate, and then they yeah. know you don't swing lead. But I, I say this an awful lot to people. It, it it becomes the point that you don't. They no longer employ a decorator called Chris. They employ Chris who does their decorating. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, flip round, and you have that relationship with your client. Yeah, it's not about the money anymore. Yeah, it's about Chris the experience. because they trust you. Yeah, they trust you with it because you work in some lovely houses. You're giving keys to people's houses. When you get to go in the private day. rooms. Families don't go in. Yeah, yeah. How many times do clients joke with you? You well, you might as well move in here. You hear that often. Yeah, where's your name on the door? Yeah, <laughs> here, here's a key. Just keep hold of it. Yeah. You don't need to give it me back. Just keep hold of it. And then um, I think when that kind of when you get that relationship, you think you know what? I must be actually doing something right here. That's that come up in an audio book I was listening to it the other week, and it's basically, it says, uh, you're buying the experience, not the product. 
It is. I think yeah. people by people. Yeah. It's just you as a person, and that, me as a person, we paint and decorate. But yeah. they buy me, and that's that. I think, as you just said, that's a, a good way of looking at it. They buy a painter called Tony, but then it flips. They're buying Tony. Yeah. They're not buying the painting. They're buying the painting because, yes, I do a reasonably good job, or yeah. I must do. But first and foremost, they buy Tony because they trusted me to look after their property and do them a good job for what they think is a good value. Yeah. It might be cheap, it might be expensive in their yeah. eyes, but for them, it's good value for money. Yeah. So is that when you realised you made it, when they just say, I'll oh, just come and do it? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's that definitely was a high point. I think you can't kind of pinpoint it. To, there's a couple of jobs that you think, yeah, that's an amazing job. I've done really well on that. Yeah. And um, when you get accolades or when you win particular competitions, that's amazing. Um, but they're a nice pat on the back. But I think for me, the success and the high point was just that when you just think, yeah, people just, just put me in Tony, just when you can, just tell yeah. me when you come in, it, you're doing the work yeah. and you just think, I can't do any more than that. I can't ask for any more than that. It's, it's, it's when you've educated them as well, because I've got some that know they need to contact you six months prior to they want the work doing. Yeah. Because they know, they know you're busy and they, they, they can plan. They're yeah. not the, they're not the flaky ones. No, and anybody that wants you working next week, I'm sorry, but I'm not interested in working for you next week because I know that you're going to try and dictate to me what you want me to, what you want to pay me to do that job. All, all they need is a quick, quick paint job. Well, a quick paint job is going to take as long as a quick paint job takes. Yeah, if it's going to take an hour to yeah. paint a room, saying a quick paint job, it's still going to take an hour. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't do quick. <laughs> <laughs> what your missus says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now now you're at academy where do you see yourself in five ten years obviously you're still going to be there uh i'd, I'd much Unless like to think take so. retirement um we're not at retirement age just yet we did hit the big 5-0 this year but i think i've still got a few years in me um in all honesty i'd like to think i'm actually still doing the same thing but um i'd I think where I feel quite lucky in the position that I've got now is that we have the remit that we can write training courses ourselves yeah. and we can present them and we deliver them to a style that suits us. And I think um, part of the reason why myself and why the rest of the team, so Mark and Chris and Matt, we are decorators first and foremost. Chris is a little bit different, but myself, Matt and Mark, we're decorators. So we teach decorators at a decorator's level. We're not yeah. speaking down to anybody. We're not the kind yeah. of doing a demonstration at a show where they're using their own marketing language, maybe. Yeah. You're not You're not a soap telling a decorator how to do a job. No, I'm, I'm a decorator speaking yeah. a decorator. First and foremost, yes, I work for Dulux now, but first and foremost, I'm still a decorator. Well, this, this is what I've said about the show, and I, I said it last year. There were three top stands. Dulux was one of them, and it's because they've got, obviously, it's, it's you, and you've got approachable people on the stand, but they've got tradesmen that know tradesmen. Yeah that know the job rather than with all due respect to them. It's not somebody in a suit reading off a spec sheet, telling you it does something, you yeah. know, cause you've had the experience. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's where we have our authenticity, I think. And, but that's where I think in, to answer your question in five years time, I'd still writing new courses that decorators want and need. Yeah. So touching from what we were saying before we started recording, I think, um, 
probably preempting one of your questions here where we where you see the trade going i think it would be i think there's an appetite for business within the industry we can all teach people how to paint and decorate and we can learn from our peers as well but it's i think it's there's not many places to go to learn to do paperwork learn how to put quotes together properly learn how to present yourself is a lot of the time yeah like even little tidbits um I'm constantly amazed by some people that don't even have an answer phone mes- message on their work phone. Yeah. If you're trying to be a professional business, just at least have an answer machine message. And it's little things like that that carry so much weight because nine times out of 10, that's the first port of call that a, a potential client will have contact with you. There's, there's actually a podcast I listen to, an American one. Uh, really you listen to american podcast chris yeah. never picked up on that before uh <laughs> yanks a lot for the trim um <laughs> but yeah they, what they do every now and then they'll ring round and it's people on the facebook group they'll ring around and see how long it takes them to answer phone and how they answer it yeah because that's a big thing yeah it, you know, it that, is it's, it's a pretty good idea yeah 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 so a lot of people forget and they think that the first time that the client has contact with them is when they turn up to the door it's not. It's the telephone yeah. call. And nine times out of ten, you probably, well, not nine times, but however many times that you don't, you can't always answer the phone. So if that phone just rings and rings and rings or you have a standardized um, voicemail, it's not that personal, professional touch. Yeah. And it, it does make a difference to people. It really does. Even down to your WhatsApp now. If you swap onto a business one, you can have automated response. And even nice. though it's not the answer they want, it looks like somebody's listening. Because a lot of them now, they don't even want to bloody talk to you. They want to do it through a message. Yeah, yeah. And at half yeah. 11 at a Sunday night as well. But that's another, that's yeah. another conversation. Well, at least they know you've seen it and yeah. they're getting a response. So with the academies, obviously they're going to grow because uh, end of the day, they're successful. But do you see them taking over from or ever taking the place of colleges? No, not at all. No. That was never, ever the remit, and it never will be. I think there is... I know it was uh, never, but do you think it'd get to the point where they offer a better service? No, we offer something completely different um, because the colleges, their main purpose is to deliver the national syllabus, yeah. to deliver the qualifications for a trade. We don't and won't deliver those kind but, of qualifications. Yeah, but near me, the, I think ours is on about shutting or the... the P&D department because they ain't enough interested. I know. And it won't be one. Yeah, it's a difficult thing. I've seen a lot of colleges where budgets are restrained now from the government, and I'm sure they will be in years to come as well, more so now because of what's happened over the last few months, that colleges kind of mix together. You'll have an academic one, and then you'll have a vocational one where they yeah. used to do both. So they, they kind of share the, the load like that, and so there's cost-cutting. But... I still think there's an important part that the colleges have for the industry, um, but ours isn't the those kind of courses. Ours are short-term courses for people that are at work. Yeah. So, and we we support that. We add on. We add to what the syllabus delivers. We help. Would, would you say it's a bit like you know you you do your driving test, and then you could do the advanced. Yeah. It's, it's not a bit like that. Or you could do when I did mine. You could do your driving test and you could pay extra and have motorway lessons. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit like yeah. that. It's to advance yourself further from because yeah. obviously at college, not knocking them, they're limited. They are limited because they have to deliver what they have to deliver, and it's hard for them to diversify outside of that because they follow the national way of doing things. Whereas obviously we're a private company, we can deliver what we want and how we want They're to some degree. <laughs> so, but but that's that's just a fact of life. I think everybody yeah. knocks. So we're City and Gills days, and people knock the MVQ. It's just a different way of doing it. I think back in the day, the City and Gills was still box ticking. Yeah, but. They had to deliver a certain aspect of it. Well, it's, it's a government time. script that's forever changing. It's same with yeah. my kids' primary school. It's just forever changing. And boxers are ever changing what they've got to take. Yeah. So you know, we've got to teach this, we've got to teach that. Yeah. So there's things that has to be taught, but we can add to that. But I think where we pick up at the academy is for people that don't want to do a three-month, a six-month, a 12-month, a two-year course. It's yeah a day here and a day there. So it's sound bites almost. Yeah. We're not saying we can qualify anybody in national painting and decorating MVQ. And it's not something that we'd, we'd ever do because it's not what we want to deliver, but we can add on skills at any point of the It's, it's an advancement of spraying a wall in a four by six booth at college. Yeah. yeah. But we, we do very basic things for people that just want to learn. But even for, say, somebody that's been in the trade like yourself for 31 years and you want to do something a little bit different like gilding or marbling, yeah. we'll give you a quick intro and an insight into how to do that. And it's there's not many places, if any, that will do a day's gilding course for you. Are, are you still doing the fine finish one? When I say fine finish, that sounds confusing. In like the fine finish, fine finish, it's like the bathtub repair worktop that were a brilliant course for that yeah so if you, using if you can the, get the market for that it's yeah, worth a look yeah so using the koenig repair system yeah, that's so yeah that's the one so yeah it's uh doing like the the chipped marble worktop the chip sink upvc window kind of that could be quite handy nowadays yeah, so using, yeah using hard waxes and things like that so yeah, yeah we still deliver that one yeah that would be um, one Obviously, we haven't got any dates in at the moment for that particular course. We're not doing face-to-face at the moment. We will be, as from July, but they're going to be few and far between. Um, the types of courses that we do, because obviously you've got logistics with social distancing. Yeah. So when, it, when are you doing new PVC spraying courses? Um, are you trying <laughs> to lead me on here now, Chris? No, I'm just winding you up. I know you are, mate. Um, yeah, I think there's quite a few people doing that now, obviously, but um, we'll we'll leave the people that do that. Leave it for them. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So jo- joking apart, if you, if you could go back to the young TPY rave days, oh. when you're out raving <laughs> to the above and beyond, uh, what advice would you give to yourself for anyone starting out? Oh, that's a good question. I would say if work for a company, definitely. I think you learn so much more, even unaware you learn by osmosis. Yeah. Learn experience working for a company. Yes, working for one man is good. Um, I think I, as much as I didn't particularly like all the work working for a, a company, um, I learned because I work with so many different people. Yeah. And you learn more that way. I learned how things I wanted to do and yes I'm definitely going to do it that way but you also learn how not to do it no I don't want to do it that way yeah 
That was, that was a bit like me. It was like a painter's orgy because I got passed about. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and being an apprentice for four and a half years, you certainly get passed around a bit, I'll tell you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I, I learned a lot by osmosis by working for a company. And I think I learned, um, as I said before, a lot of planning. I learned a lot about speed as well, of yeah. painting. Um, I think I would also say starting up in business I'd, I think my advice as well for that would be is don't think of other decorators in your town necessarily as competition yeah look at them as support I always remember Tommy picking this up I don't know if it was his phrase or not Tommy Devorty on Insta community not competition I think it's one of his yeah I, th- I think there's a few that actually said it yeah that was a great phrase and yeah. I I certainly did that um certainly in the second half of me being self-employed and i wish i'd done it a bit sooner that decorators in your area we're all in the same pond we're all doing the same thing but we can actually help each other yeah we can support each other we can work each help each other on jobs um we can loan each other equipment we can be there for advice because yeah 20 years ago there was no social media yeah so <laughs> we couldn't go on a forum and ask what's the best brush for this paint so but we could ask each other, but I, I kind of wish I'd asked decorators in my town before before I actually did. Yeah. So now, I remember going in paint shop, and they'd look at you like you've come off another planet. Sometimes it was proper like yeah. pistols at dawn. Yeah, but yeah. Mate, we're doing the same thing. Old school. We're playing the same game. So yeah, but you're well, on my wow. turf. <laughs> we don't need to be enemies here so let's let's play together shall we let's play it's, nice. i bet you still like it now but i've been in the merchants for that long <laughs> yeah it probably is to some degree but no I, I i do think you should be supporting each other because it just makes life so much easier yeah so are you much of a tech person i know you like spotify but are you into other tech um i like pages um, when I was on the tools, um, I used uh, Apple Pages quite a lot because I liked the way that I could use that on my mobile phone. So if there was a particular client that wanted um, a job pricing up, so I used when I was hand painting kitchens, we used to do a lot of that via pictures. So it was quite easy to flip a quote because the quotes were quite standardised. Yeah. So I could have a template on my phone. I'd have a look at the job, and Six within. Steps. <laughs> yes hashtag systems yeah i'll give you that um um you could flip a quote round in like 10 minutes yeah so i like the ease of what apple pages did um other tech i think i don't think there was a lot of tech around when I was back then to be honest um i think i'm just trying to think some of the tools i think well the obvious one is going to be dust free yeah. And, and spray so i think my first spray unit i bought my old my first airless was an old brewer's own brand diaphragm it was a bac oh was it a one a 140 and then the they had the astoria the bac 175 so it was a 140 and i had their hvlp as well so that must have been in about 2002 something like that i bought my first spray unit yeah um made some horrendous mistakes because (laughs) no one was there to teach you yeah back then and i didn't have that amazing support network of other decorators around me to ask so i just made and even the suppliers didn't actually know what they were selling back then either so you didn't have the support from the people you bought it from you didn't have support from your peer group 
and there was no social media. So, yeah, I made some horrendous mistakes. I, th- but, I think Colin touched on that in his, because he was similar with uh, when he when he bought his uh, first spray units. I think that's how we got into this doing the paint as well that goes with it. But I think if I remember right, your first person I saw with a Fuji HVLP. Yeah, oh God, when did I buy that? That was a while back. I think yeah. it was a bookcase I saw you doing. And yeah, it, it I bought that Tom um, Grover bag. Yeah, it's Q4 Platinum I bought. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good bit of kit. Well, it still is a good bit of kit. It's exactly the same gun. Yeah, that was, oh God, that's about 10 years ago now, that, I think. Is when it? I bought that. Yeah. Nah, no, no, it can't be. I've been at the Academy for four years now, Chris. Oh, bloody hell, time flies past, doesn't it? It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and yeah, and when I first bought um Dust Free, not many decorators had it then. And I only knew of one other guy that had it, and he said, You've got to go with this, it's just amazing. And back then a supplier used to have one that they loaned out for you to use. Yeah. So I try before you buy. So I had it for five days, gave it them back, and then within an hour I'd spent six hundred quid and bought one myself. They're addictive, though, aren't they? Oh, it's a game changer, an absolute game changer. I've I've got two new ones turning up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've waited I've twelve always... weeks for one. Oh God! Yeah, I've I've always said it will make you a better decorator. Yeah, dust free. I think more so. Yes, spraying does purely because of speed, but I think. Um... Yeah, but spraying sprains in in a different way. You, your prep's got to be spot on. Because if you, if you your prep's not get, up to scratch, it ain't going to show. It's yeah. going to show it in it. And you can only get proper prep with using dust-free systems. Yeah. So there you go. I've said it for you. I, I saw I saw a post there uh, today. Tommy Deverty bought another one, and somebody says, "Oh, they should be teaching them how to do it properly." We and and I think <laughs> I'm supposed to be blocked. Uh, I'm not supposed to see stuff, but I saw it, and somebody, some grumpy sod. Uh, put on well if people at college are sanding bare plaster then they need to be taught fully different altogether so, but then the, you flip that I totally I, I get that it's like oh you've got to learn how to do it by sand by learning before you learn how to do it with the sander they have got it easy now haven't they Will? <laughs> but then it's I bet there's other people that have got dust free sanders that are using masking tape on glass and but then slagging other people for oh you've got to do it hand free you can't use masking yeah. tape I'm sorry, but it's the new world, as you what, said. What happens gets the job done? It's for me. The masking tape is a tool, and a tool is something that you use to make your job easier and to give you a better finish. It's, it's, it's however you get to the finish line, as long as the job's right. Exactly, and if it costs you five quid for a roll of tape to be able to do that, then it costs you five quid. But yeah. it's it's just the new world. It's the new way of working. It's like when rollers were invented. I, I remember when I was probably still in my first year apprenticeship, I went onto a job and we were using rollers and there was another decorating firm on the job. And that's why we were pulled in because they were taking too long to do the work. They were still using seven wallet inch brush. floggers. Yeah. yeah, wallet brush. <laughs> yeah, they were still to- still brushing out and they called us RAF. Are you part of the RAF? Why? Could you rub us? Yeah. F-U-C-K. If you're using yeah, rollers. you can swear, you can swear, Tony. Uh, well, all right then. Yeah, you're, you're rough as fuck because you're yeah. using a roller. And it's like, but that was then. That's like the kind of tape and yeah. conversation today. It's just I, I remember uh, when I was doing my apprenticeship, I was dating a lass and I, I, I did not. I would start dating her. Granddad used to be a decorator. And when I, when I went around for Sunday dinner, I said something about, oh, I've been doing this week. 
showed me how to uh, paste wood chip with a roller. Oh, Jesus Christ, ruination of this trade. We used to have to use a pumice stone, sand mm-hmm. door down and half a litre of gloss on the side to get right shine. I thought, Jesus Christ, yeah. look at that. <laughs> just, we evolve, don't we? So, yeah. And uh, for me, if you don't evolve with the trade, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think the tech is definitely, I know, I think, Everybody that you ask now, they say dust free sanding or spraying. Yeah. So, yeah. but it, it is what it is. And I think, to be honest with you as well, um, synthetic brushes. Um, I remember the first coming over a Purdy brush. I remember using a Purdy paintbrush when they were good. <laughs> 1992, maybe something like that. When yeah. they, they first came over and we were using the first acrylic trim paint or woodwork paint as you would call it chris and it was leyland's acrylux yeah and it was supposed to be a gloss and it was only yeah. a satin and that's when we first used synthetic brushes and it was like what the hell is this like this ain't yeah. paintbrush it's weird we used to use uh, dacrylite oh yeah remember that one that well yeah, I, still, I still call it i still call it dac yeah no, you go out and grab what you get a coat of dac <laughs> yeah coat of dac so acrylic wood primer yeah we, we were still on nylon brushes with that I think first time I touched a Purdy, about 20, 21 years ago, I always remember it, it was my birthday. I was working on my birthday, which is something I never do. I think <laughs> I've only worked it once, and we were doing Sarah Lee Cake Factory, because that used to oh, be wow. out here. Uh, well, yeah, at least you get a free birthday cake. Well, it, it, it used to come with trays of caramel shortcake, you know, millionaire oh, shortcake. I can't oh, stand it. Oh, I'm sick stuff. of the stuff. But uh, no, my birthday's New Year's Eve, so I, I tend not to work. <laughs> and they gave me this Purdy Boss House subbing for and They said, oh, you can have that. Oh, oh cool. It, it was good. But then obviously they got taken over, outsourced, went downhill. Like yeah, things, things change. But yeah, yeah I, think, um, I think we do have too much choice of brushes. But if you are prepared to invest time in finding the right brush that works for you, I think some of the brushes out there now are just absolutely amazing. Yeah. They, they completely work. You have to find the right marriage of the right brush to work with the right paint on the right surface. But once you've worked that and you've found it, I tell you what, it becomes an absolute joy. Personally, I think Aussies are killing it with them at the moment. Um, yeah, I, in fact, I saw the Oldfield stand at Farby when we were over there. Um, I didn't see Oldfield. I saw Monarch. Oh, beg your pardon, Monarch. That was yeah. It. Monarch, we, had Monarch. A, we had a beer with Monarch. Then yeah, probably yeah. nicest blokes I met. Got nuts out. Got beer out. I hope, <laughs> peanuts, hopefully. Macadamia. <laughs> Big on macadamia nuts, aren't they? Yeah. But it was uh, the one yeah. that reminds me, reminds me of Pat Sharp with dodgy haircut. Yeah. Like Steve yeah, yeah, Irwin yeah. with paintbrushes. Really nice bloke. Yeah. Because they were supplying um, Bunnings, weren't they, as well at the time. Um, home base it's but, still are it's the only place I can go from yeah to be honest with you I don't particularly like monarchs because for me they're a bit too soft yeah but that's just my style of painting I don't Personal like preference. soft floppy brushes yeah so, yeah they, they do look the old field one I got it out I had it for a long while I think I've done it with a monarch one that they gave us in, in farm uh, it says oh your British won't pay 18 quid for a brush that's why we don't sell them in the UK and I got it out and it, it was like flop. I hold it like I like bloody jelly. I thought that's going to be crap. And I tell you what, I used it in because it's all the time I've used it. Isomat emulsion. Put yeah. it on wall and just a slight twist. It was tighter than a camel's ass in a sandstorm. I'm like, that's beautiful. Brush, is that? <laughs> you know, it was spot on. But that's it. It's 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 being prepared to try different brushes in different products. 
and once you do find the right brushes it they are just amazing you can yeah. get the right marriage they just perform beautifully and the job becomes easy then doesn't it yeah i just avoid using it now because i don't want to wear it down <laughs> but, but saying that i've still got some of the old uh, low pressure gray coat tips that i'm trying to span out you know before they went fp Oh yeah, just to make yeah, agree. Tips as opposed yeah. to FFL, please. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think I've got a three hundred eight, a three ten, a two hundred eight, and a two ten. Wow! So I, I save them just for them jobs because I'm not keen on new ones. Well, you still get the LPs though. There's not an issue with them. They still manufacture and still I, sell I them. I can't find them. No, you still get them because they're, they're even pushing like the fine finish into other side where you use a five one seven. You now get a 618, don't you? That's it. Oh, yeah, or use a 518. I think, yeah, initially they came out just as for painting, I will say trim because it's an American company. So it, it was just for trim, but because they were so popular, the demand was there, they started going into the bigger sizes to spray ceilings and walls. And for me, if you're new to spraying and to learn, I would even recommend using LPs or FFLPs to start with because it just gives you a bit more time. Yeah. So because it's delivering the paint a lot slower, it just gives you a bit more time to think about other things. So yeah. when you're learning to spray, it's a bit like patting your head and rubbing your tummy. It's, yeah. You're thinking about so many things that you can't do all of them right at the same time. Yeah. So if you can take the speed element out of it, then it gives you more time to think about your distance and your overlap. Yeah. It's like, so, it's like advanced driving. You've got to think... Before you're at the corner, you've got to think why yep. you're taking the corner. Yeah. So it's um, it's a lot softer and a lot gentler. And I think they're more suited for domestic settings when you've got furniture and things and carpets. So because there's less overspray. I just dropped, if, if I'm negotiating covered furniture on the ceiling, I'll just drop to a 515. Just yeah. so it gives you that thinking second to think. Uh, again, we are more aligned than what we think we are, Chris, because that used to be my favourite tip for emulsions was a 515. Yeah. I know the standard is a 517, but I predominantly yeah. used to spray with a 515. Yeah. Well, majority of mine's domestic, so I just dropped to that because it gives you that split second to think when you're nipping yep. around furniture, where, where you're going to place your feet, you're not tripping over a nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So moving on to books, I'm expecting, is there any of you can recommend? I'm expecting summer academic here. <laughs> I hope. No, I must admit I am far from a prolific book reader. Um I tend to only really read books when I go away on holiday. So it's your kind of your downtime. And if I do, bizarrely, they tend to be autobiographies, not much fiction, but then mainly military um, autobiographies. The last yeah. one I read was Ollie Ollerton, the SAS from the SAS program. Yeah. His was the last one I've read. Um, I'm just fascinated about what um, drives these people to do extreme kind of jobs yeah. where they put themselves in life and death situations. It's not a normal job, what is normal, but yeah. what these people actually go through and how they develop and how they deal with it. And ultimately, there's, a, there's almost a formula, especially for the SAS, where they come from broken backgrounds. They're quite single-minded and they all have their own frailties and they all come out quite damaged. Yeah. It's almost predictable. And I just think it's a fascinating read because as much as they're all quite similar, they're all very individual. And I, I love reading what makes them so different, even though they're the same. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I'll put some show notes for that if anybody's into them because I know there's a lot, uh, a lot of my friends into, is it the, oh, what's his name now? At Middleton. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, I can't remember the guy's name now. He was a, an Apache helicopter pilot. And it was all about the training process to fly these amazing helicopters. And you learn, so part of the, the navigation system on those is that they have an eyepiece. It's yeah. almost like a periscope for one eye, but they yeah. still use their other eye to look at all the so dials. You, technically, you've got to separate it. So they learn to use their eyes independently. Oh, Jesus. And he said <laughs> the headaches you used to get were just insane. But you yeah. couldn't admit to them because as soon as you admitted that you were getting regular headaches, you got finned off the course. Yeah, fail. <laughs> and he, the bit that always strikes me, I, I always remember it, his daughter asked him, Daddy, if you're doing this, can you read two books at once? And he goes, <laughs> you know what? I don't actually know. I've not tried. So he picked up two books and he could actually read and digest two books at once. I struggle with one. <laughs> me too and that's why i don't read very often but it's just amazing that he could train i just think the way that he could train the human body his own body is just amazing that yeah. he could get them to act independently and absorb all this information i just think it's phenomenal wait wait till vicky comes in with some spray goggles with a lens oh. on one eye terminate it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Turn it that way yeah. that way that way that way <laughs> oh, yeah put a gun in each hand and away you go yeah yeah so, so what's the best advice you'd give for selling yourself or when obviously back to your painting days because obviously now we don't technically sell yourself do you um not really i suppose i do to some degree with the way that i probably use my social media because that has to portray in a certain way especially on instagram yeah, you still but, have to put the effort in don't you yeah of course you do i think yeah. for me um for a decorator selling yourself is just take a look at yourself now and again the way that a customer sees yourself yeah don't always think of yourself as a decorator think about how a customer sees you so when you go to a job do you think that your customer potential customer wants to see you covered in paint yeah see so you turn up in overalls that absolutely you've just climbed off a scaffold and everyone knows <laughs> no matter how good clean and tidy you are you never come off a scaffold clean so do you want does a customer want to see you that dirty no they don't just think think how a customer wants to, their idea of what you should look like so to speak yeah. you're clean and tidy it says oh we must be a clean and tidy decorator if you turn up scruffy they're going to think do i want a scruffy decorator in my house yeah probably not <laughs> so it's just just take a check back now and again and just have a look at yourself and the way that you, you come across to people yeah yeah so where do you see the trade heading i'd like to think we will be more professional i think we're getting there now i think we're understanding especially as we touched on with that kind of dust free what the benefits of that are for customers houses i think equipment these days is better i think overalls are better almost like kind of designer brands nowadays yeah. There's a, there's a lot of snobbery out there about overalls, which is, is, is good, but quite amusing too. And yeah. I must admit, I fall into that sector. There's only one particular brand I, I wear. Um, I don't like others. It has to be this particular brand yeah, all the time. Yeah, but you don't get mucky anymore. Uh, <laughs> sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I do think we're becoming more professional. Um, I'd like to see that continue. I'd also like to see... Um, professional in a business sense as well I know we yeah. touched on that before um, talking about business courses but I'd, I'd like to think that 
yeah, we we don't. I think the days of decorators writing quotes on the back of fab packs are behind us, thankfully. But I think there's still a little bit of that mentality out there. Yeah. And I, w- I would like it to see a bit more professionalism in that sense. So I probably know answer to some of these, but what's your favourite product or paint brush sprayer that you've currently... <laughs> I, I, I could probably stab at your brush. I could probably get that Go right. On Go on then. It's got to be a Corona. Um, yeah, I do like the Corona brand, I must admit. Um, I've liked those for a long, long time now. I think. That's all the reason I know, because I know you've liked them for a long while. <laughs> yeah, a long... Uh, that, that's not just a new fad, it's the new brush out there thing. No, it's... Oh, God, it's a long, long time since I've liked those now. Um, probably since I've come over into the UK. Um, they just... Uh, for me, for my style of painting, they just work. Um, I also like um, the Stolmeister 2020, the yeah. Sash brush. Uh, I think that's a cracking brush. Um, Paint-wise, there's obviously, I'm only going to stick with one brand here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm contractually obliged to. Um, now, I do like um, Diamond Satin Wood. I know it has some of its haters out there, but we not all people can like all products. I think Diamond yeah. Satin Wood is a cracking product. It sprays beautifully as well, but I can get a really good finish with that with brush and spray i do like yeah. it a lot um i think it's quite it's a good strong product for me i like it i've got it at home and favorite tool favorite sprayer oh that's going to be a tough one because i do like quite a few i think if i was if i was on the oh, is it <laughs> I'm struggling a little bit here now. I'm going to go the big blue brand, I must admit. Um, if I was continuing to do the work that I was doing um, when I left, when I came off the tools, it's got to be the HVLP yeah. 9.5. Um, I just think that's a cracking gun, especially with the, the collapsible cup system, the PPS system. Do you rate it? I do. I yeah. do. I think I, I, people I that really it. don't like it. Yeah. I slated it when they come out because I was a Fuji lover. And then I got a one on a good deal. I sold me, I'll be honest, I sold me Fuji. Uh, two weeks later, a month later, I regretted it. Uh, regret because uh, you're like, get out of this thing. Right, HVLP slow. Still quicker than a brush and roller and it has exactly. its place. Exactly. And if, if it's earned its money on one job, just leave it in your workshop and it's, it's a money earner. Yeah. And I got the nine and a half at a decent price. I wish I'd have got a chance of 240, but it was take what they had, and it's 110. Yeah, yeah. So I get lazy. I don't always use it because I think, oh, funny about we're tranny. Funny we're yeah. tranny, bloody hell. And, uh, <laughs> Wrong turn of phrase. I, I, I did slate there, it, but when, when I've used it, I've actually said on my social media post, it is a brilliant setup. And I like the PPS because I use it on a normal conventional thing. Yeah. But everyone I speak to, we always have the same issues. The bloody cup leaking. So, yeah, obviously I use this quite a lot now. I think you have to be quite careful when you clean the liner. Um, So learn through experience now with the thread on the cap, that needs to be spotlessly clean. The thread on the cup needs to be spotlessly clean. And always always wipe the rim on the cup, I found, with with microfiber cloth. Yeah, so each time you top up and you take the lid off, obviously, always wipe it clean. Yeah. But the lip on the cup liner that has can't have any damage on it at all. If it's got a crease or a nick in it or a bit of dried paint, it there's a can't chance. Put a foam it, ring seal in the 
you know, the collar. It Would could do. Right? I remember my first HVLP gun was the 3M AccuSpray, and that used to have a screw thread lid, but it did used to have that foam insert. Yeah, like that white foam insert. Yeah. Do yeah, it, yeah. It? yeah. That, and the other thing is, is when you take the bloody top off to top it up, where do you put it? You need three hands. There's an element of that. It will fit in a two and a half litre kettle. What will? The lid and the handle when you top up. You can get it to balance. So the air intake coupler and yeah. the rim of the lid with, yeah. is exactly the, just the, exactly the same size as the rim of a two and a half litre kettle and you can get it to balance. That's good to know because that's, that's what I always struggle with. It's a brilliant piece of kit, but you take it off, you're like, right, I'll take the collar off. I've tried a million ways. I, I normally tip it upside down and put it on a sheet. Yeah. And, and then and top my paint up. But you need three hands. Yeah, it does feel a bit like that. And I've, yeah, I've made some messes in my time doing that, but you kind of learn, I can't make this mess anymore. What else do I need to do? So it, it, you can just about get it to fit. Yeah. So um, if it's not on that, it'll fit. It definitely fit on um, the, a can. Just I've, the, I've just had the thought, measuring jug. There you go. There you yeah. go. Stand it on top of a measuring jug. So, yeah, I like that. Um, I think the Fuji gun is a great gun. The Q-Tech gun, same thing. It's, yeah. it's a great gun, and it's fantastic when you put the remote pot on it. I think that's an amazing bit of kit, yeah. I have to say. Ro- remote pot for HVLP World, for me, is an absolute game changer. Yeah. I love them. So, yeah. but um, airless-wise, I think um, if I was to buy one I'd, nowadays, I would definitely buy a GX unit. I think they're a cracking little unit for the money. I think they're an amazing bit of kit. Um, if I was doing commercial painting, uh, a 695. I just yeah. think that's it's a beautiful beast of a bit of kit, that. Yeah. So. Cool. So what would be your best investment you've made? Probably be just the sanding, same as everyone else. <laughs> I, know, I might as well I, just I, delete this, cause every, this, this thing, bit of, of podcast, because everybody says just the sanding. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to think Game about Game changer, hasn't it, for the last 10 years? Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't think there's a lot completely different in that from that, to be fair. I think um, you may find like little tools. I think one of the tools going away from that completely when you try something different, the Zinter don't do them anymore, but they used to do a certain pair of scissors, yeah. Zinter paper hanger scissors, and the Zinter spatula, which is now Coral Tools spatula. I think, I think I've still got some Zinsa ones. The Walways. Yeah. Oh, no, not that one. So that used to be Zinsa's, the Walways. Yeah. I remember so, them being Zinsa's, yeah. Yeah, but Coral do it now. But I like the soft spat, and I like Anza do a white spatula. Oh, no, they always used to split. They do eventually, but for five quid, if it lasts six months yeah. and then splits, I'm quite happy to spend five quid. I've, I've, got a, I've still got a box on Com Cheap somewhere. There's the Zinsa ones. And they're like the soft spats you're all about. The, the yeah, soft spat, the other brands, the red one. And then the Zinsa ones I've got, the, the lime green or like a turquoise. Yeah, they're quite nice spats, actually. Yeah, I've got a box so, from them. I had about a dozen in it. I think I paid yeah. five quid for a dozen from somewhere in a clearance. Well, that's a touch. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Anyone that sees uh, my wallpapering tool bag, I think I've got about half a dozen different spatulas in it. So yeah. It's like a paintbrush. There is no one paintbrush that does all paints on all surfaces. And for me, it's the same as when you're wallpapering. There is not really one spat that it's, does all paints. It's the same as all. when you're stripping wallpaper. I have, I have three things for stripping wallpaper. And then if, if you're doing a wet strip, strip the paper and you try all three, see which brings it off better. Yeah. Right down to one's 
you know, like the old rosewood style filling knife with rosewood handle. Oh yeah, go one on, of them. Back some. Yeah, yeah. I still got one of them. She is old. Sometimes that's Philip stripping paper right down to a taping knife. What I call yeah. for power stripping. You know, when you get the uh, your backing paper or your lining paper, it's wet through and it comes off easy. Yes. What I call power stripping. Twelve inch thing, blade straight <laughs> across it and get it off in one go. I they think make it easy. Going on from that as well, another little great bit of kit that you kind of think, why did I never ever buy one of these before? Paper tiger. Yeah. For when you're stripping. Well, they, they've changed, cool. haven't they? They changed brand. I think the new ones. I've had, yeah. I've had the yellow and black, and it fell to bits. The red and black ones now. Yeah. So they the yellow and black, if I remember rightly, was Mosley Stone or Stan and Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. I think Mosley Stone did it first, then Stanley. Yeah, I think I've got two of the yellow and black and one red and black. Zinsa. Red and black. Is that not Zinsa? Yeah, Zinsa did the red and black one. Yeah, but a paper yeah. tiger is an amazing bit of kit because otherwise it used to be slashing the wall with a Stanley blade. Yeah. Which... Have you used one of the Festool ones? Have you ever tried that? No, I haven't actually. Yeah, I wondered if they were overrated or not. Um, well, at, what were they, 90 quid or something like that? Yeah. They'd have to do some serious performance for that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> so, just... TPY have an end game or exit plan, or is it just till you die? Ooh. I think if I was still on the tools, it would probably be till you die because I don't think you ever retire when you're self employed. I think yep. you just carry on going and going and going. I think um, I'm quite fortunate in a position now where I'm in the world that I'm in and there is a retirement plan. Yeah. Um, but I think private healthcare. <laughs> The taxable though, it's all I have to Is pay it? for it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just taking piss. <laughs> no, it's all taxable. Um, <laughs> but no, that's nice. Don't get me wrong, that is one yeah. of the perks. But yeah, you, you do pay for it. Yeah. But um I don't think clever stop. You'll always poodle, don't you? You always do yeah. little bits. If it's if it's not, you won't be doing it for money. Such, Pin money. It's, but then it's your family, isn't it? I'll hopefully I'll be blessed with grandchildren, so it's helping your grandchildren and their family so yeah i don't think i don't think we'll ever stop so is there any takeaways you can give the listeners takeaways in what sense advice just round your advice up yeah i think um touching back on just try and be the best that you can um and take a step back now and again and just reevaluate the way that you come across to customers yeah. and community, not competition, support yeah. each other. Because if you do not know what will happen one day when you need help. Yeah. So if you go around bad mouthing other people or you make the competition, the enemy, you never know one day you might actually need them. So it's, it's the case of don't shit on people on your way up ladder. Cause you always meet them coming back down. Exactly, exactly, and never slam the door on the way out. Yeah. So never leave on bad what, terms. What is it my brother used to say about, he'll, he'll kill me if he hears this, my brother used to say about women, don't shut the door behind you to leave open one in front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It works across all things, does that? <laughs> yeah, yeah so, but, yeah, just, yeah, just constantly reevaluate yourself and yeah. yeah be nice basically yeah. don't don't make enemies of people because one day you're going to need their help yeah if you ain't got out nice don't send out 
And if you do, just make sure you say it in private. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the bit I'm looking forward to. Man, the old statue, room 101. At least I know you're my age, so you'll know where it is. Because half of people on here don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, I remember Paul Merton doing it first before yeah, Frank he, Skinner. Yeah, Paul Merton, Frank Skinner, he was a regular on it. Uh, I, I just know him, was he melted in Bloody Blackadder? Oh, Stephen Fry. That's the one, yeah, he was a regular on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in the modern world that we live in now, I think as much as I do like social media, I also despise parts of it as well. So the kind of the fake news and the fake reviews, <laughs> win this, all you have to do is like this, follow me, I hate yeah. this like me, follow me attitude to stuff. It's just, you're only yeah. doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to let somebody win something. You're doing Buying it friends, so you aren't get, you? Yeah, you, so I can have 10,000 followers. So what? Yeah. And? <laughs> and? Yeah, but there's no authenticity to it. I, I, I just don't like the falseness. Yeah. Social, and I, what I really don't like about it as well is the laziness of people with social media. We've all seen the posts, especially on Facebook. Um, what's the best paint for this? Yeah. Right, or what's the best brush for this? Well, there's only one way to find out, really, and that's go and find out for yourself. Yeah. There's, there is Do a no... bit of research. Look at the yeah. TDS. What I think's right, what is right, is right for me. That yeah. doesn't mean to say it's right for you. So yeah. I think if people just put the same amount of effort into typing some, a sentence out on Facebook, but they actually put it into Google, they'd actually get a better answer. Yeah. Because half the people that respond anyway don't actually know the answer. So <laughs> well, the shooting is, some shooting dark, don't they? But yeah. my, my pet peeve at the moment, I've took a step back because of it, is people that want the info, but they're not willing to make a relationship or build one they're just like where's that from what's that it's not yeah. like hey chris i mean even if you don't get shit hey chris how's the family hope you're all well seen you've done that project looks brilliant i've got one coming up similar can you give me any pointers or stuff to avoid yeah you know it's, it's, it's five minutes yeah there's no yeah. it's just it's, it's almost impolite isn't it it's just yeah. like it's, you wouldn't say that face to face when you're walk, walking in a room with someone... Oh, no, no, I bet, you, I bet some... you get someone at the show that walk up to a stand and say, what's that for? Why do you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, we're, we're a strange lot, aren't we, us painters? I, must admit, I don't think it's but... just painters. <laughs> I know, it's not. It's not. <laughs> well, we can't blame it on the paint fumes anymore, can we? Because we're all no. going water-based. No. So, I don't yeah. know water-based and snowflakes don't mix, do they? <laughs> no, and that is another one for 101, the anti, the anti-brigade. So the anti-tape brigade, the anti-spray brigade, the anti-water-based brigade. Yeah. You're getting left behind. This yeah. is new world. This is new options. Water, water-based paint is a, is a good option. All right. It's not better than oil in every situation. And likewise, the oil is not better than water in every situation. There is the right place for the right product. but you're knocking it because you're not prepared to try. Yeah. So I, I, I really don't like the anti-brigade. It, 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 again, it, it, for me, it's a bit of laziness. Yeah. You're not prepared to learn and maybe make some mistakes, but also on the flip side, have some amazing successes for it as well and see the benefits of doing it a different way. Yeah. Just because I'm, that's I'm, the way we've always done it. Yeah. That's not always the right way, is it? Yeah, I mean, you can't get away from oil. I've got two externals coming up and they're adamant. They want oil-based gloss. 
and I'm looking forward to them when I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Well, one, one of the reasons is because I pulled one of my favourite paints in colours. I can get in white and black at a push, but these are peat brown windows. <laughs> oh. And other ones, ooh, I think it's counter cream if I remember right. I'm looking forward to using oil base because it, it is solid. But yeah. I'm thinking, what brand do I go for now? Well, you don't need to ask me that, do you? No. <laughs> no. To, be, to be honest, I've heard good things, but last time I used it, it, it was good. It just didn't have enough for a shine. Um, I, think a lot, I think a lot of the external seasonal ones don't. Um, I don't know. I, I think Weather Shield gloss still has an amazing gloss to it. I think it's yeah. spot on. It's about um, five years ago. Last time I used it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, it was, it was, it weren't satin, but it weren't gloss. I saw this. Yeah. It just weren't shiny enough. I'd, I used to love Sickens XD. I loved it. One yeah. of my best, well, if I used to pride myself on outsides, I used to kind of upsell and say, do you want a number 10 Downing Street door? Yeah. And if the client was prepared to pay for that kind of finish, it had to be XD. Well, so, I went, I went to look at a job's internal and I did the outside in XD eight years ago and it still looks spot on. XD is an amazing yeah. product. Loved it. And actually, pig to put on. Yeah. You have to push it round because yeah. it's so thick. Yeah, it's like pulling pudding out, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And if it's cold, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but it's worth the effort. The finish, yeah. the sheen level you get off it is just amazing. Yeah. And the same with the AZ as well. It's yeah. much easier to use, but you can get an amazing finish with AZ. I've had good yeah. results with Crown. I did buy it. I went to a job and customer had got it like a Sherwood Green. I've kept quoted all uh, council calls here because they are uh, <laughs> like, like your dustbin green uh, on the door and he, he's, I think it's on one of my social media and that was like a number 10 finish and he says oh, I want the number 10 finish and give me this tin of paint I thought really? because last time I used it I was doing uh, sight bashing with Crown and it, it was poor we went from permaglaze to Crown because permaglaze went down now uh, and he gave me this tin I thought no chance I tell you what it was not a bad drop Permaglaze is a name you don't hear very often. So yeah. back in the day, you so when we were probably just probably coming out of our time, that kind of era in late eighties, early nineties, you said permaglaze were the best gloss on the market. Yeah, it always used to be the best. Permaglaze gloss was the one. And, uh, so, undercoat were proper gear and all, weren't it? Yeah, cracking yeah, gear. Yeah. So yeah. way. Oh, go on. Did you give us all three first? Real uh, I'll give you two. Yeah. What did we say? We said social media or the negative side of social media. We yeah. said um, the, the anti brigade. Yeah. What else can we say? I might have to come back to you on that one in a minute. <laughs> Everybody struggles with a third. I know. It's spot. funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could think of three at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> give me an hour, I could give you 103. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, moving on then, we'll probably come back to if we can think of it, just chip in if you do. Where do we find you online and social media? And you can give a barefaced plug for the Academy on this. I'll allow you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, I'm on Twitter uh, as myself. I'm on Instagram as myself. Um Facebook as myself. Um, so, yeah, usual places. Um, and also, obviously, Dulux Academy, we are on Twitter and we're on Facebook as well. Uh, are you on Instagram Academy? No, no, no. Oh, you need to evolve. No. 
So okay. Dulux is on Dulux is on there. So Dulux yeah. UK and um, but that's Dulux as a whole brand, not yeah. whereas on Facebook and Twitter they are retail and trade variants. But there's only so many platforms, so many things you can manage at any one time. There's yeah. so many platforms. It's just unbelievable, and how you manage that is just it's a chore. It's hard work. Yeah. It is hard work. I think so. I've got four on Insta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. How, how to work, what are your hobbies? I know you're into your music. Yeah, I do like my music, I must admit. So, yeah, we have very similar taste in electronic dance music. Um, yeah, part of the rave generation back in the day, and I still do like electronic music. Um, cycling is my passion at the moment. So I've seen that taken, recently. Yeah, just taken that up. Um, which was quite timely considering the state of the world at the moment. It's been my way of kind of getting out of the house for an hour. It's like to get... Oaks, you when I step outdoor now. <laughs> Everyone's out there on them. Yeah. So, but it's um, middle-aged man, not as active as he once was. So not climbing ladders and things like that. So mammals, being... middle-aged yeah. men lycra. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but the environment I'm working in now, I can't burn off all those biscuits. Yeah. And anybody that knows me knows I'm a sucker for a biscuit. So <laughs> far too many. So my belly is not a beer belly, really. It's actually a biscuit belly. So yeah. it's, and I don't do any exercise or I haven't been doing any. So I think the cycling is my way of getting fit and it's been good for my well being mentally as well, getting out on the open road. And just clearing your head, really getting away from the laptop. Are you are you, are you road bike? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. So I can feel my fitness getting better, um, and I actually enjoy it. I'm not a sporty person at all. I don't mind. I'm a I'm an armchair sportsman. Yeah. So don't mind watching it. Hate participating in it. But bizarrely, for whatever reason, I've just been bit by the cycling bug. So yeah. I really, it just I really throws. Do enjoy it. Road bikes throw me back to the advert. See, like a razor blade. Yeah, right. Well, that's that saddle, though. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So, are you doing revolution thing this year? Dualux effort. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that should have been in May. Should have been last month. Um, so that was one of the reasons for taking cycling up. To be honest, it's probably the impetus for me to actually get off my sorry lazy ass. Oh, are we having a team academy? We are having a team academy. So it is now in September. So there is a team academy and team select um, Ooh, cycling team together. Can we get bets on? Get bets. Who's on your team? Um, Well, it's a select and academy altogether. So, yeah. Oh, I thought it was select versus academy. No, no, no. Joint effort, mate. Joint effort. (laughs) Because they obviously Dulux Academy look after select now. So we, um, no, it's a it's a joint one. So yeah, so yeah, that's part of doing that, which is going to be quite a challenge for me. For someone that's never done any exercise whatsoever, I'm going to have to cycle 155 miles in two days. Oh, so, bloody hell. That is no going. Feet. And I've I've opted lucky this year. So it's the last time that Dulux are actually sponsoring the event. So it's the end of the four-year deal. So you're going out with a bang. It's, <laughs> literally. It's, <laughs> quite literally. So it's um, it's actually 30 miles shorter this year. So I picked the right year to do it. So yeah. oh, nice it's, one. it's only 155 miles. Yeah. Oh, good luck with that. Anyway, I still don't Thank think you. I'd be fancying it. So, so I might tap you up for a, spon- for a, a sponsor later on. Yeah, I'll provide you a baseball cap someone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, are you digging on Insta at the moment? Um, 
I'm not going to say the usual suspects that everyone else is saying as much as they are worthy of a mention, but I want to do something a little bit different because I think everyone's going for the, the finishers and the sprayers because that's the kind of the buzz at the moment. But for me, I enjoy seeing the next generation of decorators coming through, the ones that have got the passion, yeah. the ones that have got the pride, the ones that are prepared to kind of learn how learn their craft, yeah, so to speak. So um, the ones that want to do the best that they can do, there's Harry, who's been on your podcast, yeah. so Harry McMahon. Um, Monaghan. Monaghan. Monaghan, McMahon, whatever. <laughs> Harry knows. Um, so, yeah, I like, I like what Harry does. Um, I like Martin. He's just been bit by the spraying bug. So, in fact, both of them have come on academy courses and kind of been bit by the bug. Um, also like Tom Cox as well. Yeah. Um, I think what he does, he's a very passionate young guy. Always. So I like guys that come and ask for advice properly, as you were just yeah. mentioning, not just what's the best brush for this. Yeah. They, they're taking time to have a conversation with you. To yeah, it's learn. building relationships, isn't it? Yeah. But also yeah. learning why you are offering that. Why are you saying this brush? So they're not yeah. just saying what brush is best thanks they're going yeah. okay why not this one yeah so they want to understand and i like yeah. guys that question things like that and um guys that have been in the trade for quite a while i think um kate mentioned him actually henry van der viva yeah. i think some of the work that he does is just staggering so his marbling and his japan lacking for me he's your your stereotypical artisan craftsman Henry and his team. Henry's a really nice bloke and his team just produced some amazing work all over the world. And I will big up a select deck. I think Simon Medlin, Medlin with paint. Yeah. He does what we call the fancy pantsy papers. So he's <laughs> doing his Degornays, but he goes all over the world doing those where he's installing like 40, 50, 60, 80 grams worth of wallpaper. Yeah, I think no pressure. Some, no <laughs> pressure. You get one shot, one opportunity to do that. No mistakes. It has to be perfect first time, every time. Yeah. I think some of the work that Medlin and the team produce is just staggering. It's just nice jobs to look at and you can see the kind of pride that comes in with that. So I think I, I like seeing guys that have pride in their work and their craftsmanship. They're not yeah. just trying to smash it out. For, so for me, proper craftsman. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you got your last room one oh one, or have you just totally lost it? You got an old age. It's 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 a bit late in the night now. I've yeah. had a couple of beers as well. <laughs> yeah, no, We're a bit uh, of no. three hours. It, it, I know. Yeah, and where's the time gone? I think uh, it certainly doesn't feel like three hours, Chris. Yeah. But but well, anyone that's had a phone conversation with you as well, it's never a five minute job, is it? No, well, they don't have to ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we've had many a chat on the phone, and you think, oh my god, yeah. was it really ninety six yeah. minutes long? That well, you, you either get on with people or you don't, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It comes so, easy when you get old people. I'm Yorkshire. I can chat for England. Yeah, I, I do all right. Well, I have to do it for a living, don't I? So I do yeah. all right. Yeah. So, so, so I was just thinking, you've just reminded me of somebody. Uh, and now you said you're from Manchester, it's even bloody more so. Like, go on. Terry Christian's dad. 
I don't know his dad. I know who you mean by Terry. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but obviously I remember him when he was a young kid. So you look yeah. like an old. But obviously he's, he's probably about our age, isn't he? Yeah. To, to be honest with you, you're not, you're not actually the first person to say about Terry Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, Thanks for that. Uh, well, yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> I insult everybody at least once when they come up. <laughs> I could have said you sound like Tony Brent, uh, David Brent. Oh, good God. Terry Christian every time, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's been finally great catching up with you anyway, because it's uh, took long enough. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah. I, no, I appreciate the invitation. Um, thank you for coming on. And it's, yeah, it's, I've, I've actually quite enjoyed this, and I actually enjoy the podcast in general as well. I'm, all right, I'm going to kiss your ass a little bit here, I suppose, but um, I think what you've done with the podcast, it's a nice spin on hearing about other decorators in the industry and what what makes them them. Yeah. We all see the pictures on Facebook and Insta, but it's nice to know the story behind them. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure, man. I did, when you were saying about no earlier, learning to say no, yeah. uh, without going too far into it, I've had stuff go on. And after it, I went, I started dipping my toe into trying to be a counsellor. Yeah. Uh, just because of what I'd done. Uh one of the first courses they recommended you did was a communication course. Oh, yeah. I, I love people watching, and I like knowing what makes people tick. And we had to do this communication course, and one of the first things you had to learn to do, it was like, oh, my, you had to say no. But you had to say it, and you didn't have to feel guilty and give you reasons why. So if a family yeah. member says, you fancy looking after our Kate and Bob this weekend, rough out, you just uh, said, no, sorry, I can't leave it at that. But automatically, we feel that, thing that we have to give as reasons because you feel yeah. bad and it will learning to do with that that were part yeah. of this thing and then learning what people tick so the the podcast it's sort of a bit of, i mean I, I talk as you know as you said i chat to your phone i chat to no end they're like can we make some of it that i thought other people might find it interesting and i like to know what makes people tick yeah it, it, it's nice to hear the backstory i think we're a very visual age now where we see everything through social media, but we only see snapshots. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, we do make... Somebody said, I think it was, what's his name, uh, Gary V. It's five seconds of somebody's 24-hour. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. It is only snapshots, but it's nice to... And we we kind of, friends in inverted commas, we make acquaintances with social media, and we take that outside of social media on some occasions, but it's also nice to hear people's backstory and some of the people you've had on here have been very open and very honest and probably things yeah. that they probably didn't even think they'd be saying until they've said them on your podcast there's there's been some brilliant ones and i really appreciate them so much to be i've never put pressure on anyone to do it uh i've, I've joked a few pressure with things but i've i've just said look can we chat this or do we skirt around this and a lot of them have opened up and i've been really surprised that they have yeah. you know yeah, it probably yeah. is therapy uh, yeah. but I'm surprised and I'm grateful because they're being bloody brilliant you know and it's a lot of people pro can probably relate to it and think bloody hell yeah that's me I know I've had a couple of messages me and say cause I, I mean obviously I've not done one because uh, I put everyone else in hot seat uh, but as I've mentioned a couple of times stuff I've done and I've had people message me saying how did you know we're doing that how did you? and I think well yeah obviously it is helping people you know and yeah. hopefully it will whether they contact me you somebody else who's been on it past yeah, I just think it's that openness, isn't it? If um, And people realising it's not just them, as you were saying about with therapy and things, that's part of 
people understanding it's not just them it happens to everybody yeah and it's just how we kind of deal with that and how we can ask for support and help for that and if you hear other people talking about it and hopefully if that helps one more person to talk about it and help them then it's yeah. worthwhile yeah cool brilliant loke i'll let you go off because i've kept you long enough <laughs> well i'll tell you what if you ever want to do this chris i'll interview you for your podcast how's yeah. that uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've had I've had a few say. I, I think we need a milestone somewhere where we get that far in us. So, right, if we get to this many listeners or this many episodes, I'll do one. Yeah. Uh, but there's a few other people. I've got a list myself uh, who I want on first before I uh, <laughs> back, back in my pad here. Got a list that long. Wow. Uh, and it goes on to other pages. Well, some of them have done. Oh, no, they don't go on to other pages. Fair few of them done. They need crossing off. Uh yeah, I'll probably do one at some point, but it'd be nice to get people to come in and answer, ask questions you want to know yeah. and probably get somebody to do it that won't go easy because I feel it'd be a bit of a cop-out. Well, there you go. Maybe you could do a spin then. If you don't want to do a whole podcast, you could say, if you were going to ask me one question, what is that one question? Well, I could just put it on social media, What you know, put like, you know, like they do the stories, ask a question, send it in. Pick somebody like yourself that's going to do the podcast and you have a list of questions. Yeah. And just put me on the spot without no <laughs> without no warning of what they are, you know. Yeah. Uh, but just somebody that's not gonna like I said, it, it don't don't want to be an easy ride, does it? Somebody that I'm really I mean, I know I'm pally wheel, but you know, somebody that knows me real well. Yeah. They're, they're gonna go easy on me because they're gonna be a good mate, aren't they? And they're gonna yeah, think, yeah. well, yeah, I've got to see him tomorrow. <laughs> i've got to speak yeah. to you i want somebody that's just going to go in and just ask the questions you know and see what's what do my story maybe one day maybe not <laughs> <laughs> i'll wait for the book then shall i no 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 book. i've got no intentions of a book i just don't know if so probably same same thing a lot of people said to me uh when i approached him and said you fancy doing one i don't feel i've got out uh, i just think sometimes i suppose it's imposter syndrome People probably don't want to hear what I've got to say. You know? I'd be surprised, mate. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking exactly the same thing when you, you've asked me for this. Like, who wants to listen to little old me? I'm, I'm nothing special. I suppose but, it's when you're on the other side, isn't it? I just see myself as me, some Yorkshire bloke, just just painted. <laughs> Chatting shit to other people. You know what? There's my other 101, to be honest. So, people that do say it's just painting yeah <laughs> it's not just painting is it or well, they're just a painter or yeah. it's just this well well it isn't inks I, I don't do compliments uh i'm not big on taking compliments and when your customers say to you or somebody says something to you you know and they say oh look at that you've done a brilliant job i think it's not big-headedness it's it's my job it's what we're trained to do yeah, yeah. it's a bit like a soldier or a bloody assassin you know it's what you're trained to do you go out there and you do it and you you live for it you you show see a soldier that's trained to shoot people the lack of coil spring as shit as it is they want to go out and shoot people because that's what they've trained day in day out to do we've trained to paint you know it's, it's what you do it's your job yeah you know, it's just painting. it's it's, <laughs> it's what other people think of just painting and yeah. i think those that do come into the trade and think it's just painting and we yeah. know there's a lot of people out there they do three things they either one decide no this isn't for me. Two, they become a cowboy and yeah. think, 
I'll just fudge it or three, they actually have a, a an epiphany and go, actually, this ain't just painting, is it? There's a lot more yeah. to it than that. Yeah. I suppose if I started with better attitude, some others would. <laughs> it does. It, I think that attitude does rub through, I must admit. I think, um, yeah, if you tell people I'm just a painter, then they're going to call you just a painter. Yeah, I don't say I'm just a painter. I just say to other painters, it's, it's just painting because... Yeah, it's what we do. In fact, um, on one of the webinars the other day, one guy did say, I'm just a painter. And I said, before I answer your question, I said, you're not just a painter. Yeah. As soon as you start thinking that you're just a painter, other people yeah. will think you're just a painter. Oh, we are you're teasings. Not. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's your, it's your closing gambit as well. Yeah. You know your worth. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're never just anything yeah. you've worked we've worked we've all worked too hard to be just doing painters what we do yeah to be just a painter yeah i'm not yeah, well we're everything now we're accountant marketer that's it yeah everything in one place cool <laughs> right i will let you go off now anyway <laughs> nice one buddy i'm gonna Brilliant. get some earache off jenny now <laughs> yeah cheers well i'm quite lucky helps <laughs> to <Yeah>. myself <laughs> yeah no bless her no, okay no. she's good Nice one, Chris. Cheers, Tony. Catch up soon, mate. Thanks a lot. Cheers, bye. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Well, that's all we have time for in this week's episode. I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I do. Now, if you'd like to show your support, you can do it in various ways. You can click on the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes, leave us a review on iTunes, hashtag Bobcast on Insta, and share us with your friends. You can also reach out to us on the usual channels, which again can be found in the show notes, as we do always appreciate your feedback. And if you ever fancy taking part, then simply just contact us. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.